Hi, Natasha. Hi. Can Hi. you hear me okay? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You have a mic and everything. Thank you. <laughs> I do. Oh, my gosh. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I love your room. I love the Thank decor. Um, I just put up those white canvases. Uh -huh. I've been playing around with some joint compound art. Um, and this is not going to be their permanent places, but I have nowhere else to put them. So for now, they're behind me. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's lovely. It's lovely. You're in New Thank York you. right now. So it's 4.30 p.m. your time. That's right. Um, yes. Okay. So, Natasha, you are a dancer. And your background is in competitive Latin ballroom dancing. And you were actually featured on Athlete Voices <clears throat> back in 2020. And yeah. this was before Athlete Voices was a podcast. So this was back when we just did feature articles. So I wrote a feature article about you and that article will be linked below, guys, if you want to check it out. Um, oh, so this cool. was mm -hmm, so this was in 2020 and a lot has happened since then. It's three years later. And tell me. So we're just going to pick up where we left off. Oh, gosh, I don't remember. You're going to have to. Yes. Give me a little bit of a refresher. <laughs> okay. So um, this was during COVID, right? So you yes. had moved back home yeah. uh, to California from New York. Mm -hmm. At that point, uh, before COVID, you were dancing in New York with Artem. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you went to school in NYU mm -hmm. and you moved to New York. Uh, what year? 2016. Yeah. 2016. September of 2016. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's just do a big recap or a brief recap of okay. your ballroom dance career. So you started yeah. at age six. That's right. Yeah. So I started at age six in Los Angeles, California. Um. I was a super energetic, hyper kid. And my parents were like, okay, we need to get you some sort of activity, mm -hmm. some sort of a hobby, a sport. So they tried to put me into literally anything that stuck. Mm -hmm. I've tried swimming, I tried gymnastics for a bit, I tried math, I did like math classes. Oh wow. Um, and yeah, at age six, my parents put me into a ballroom dance class. Mm -hmm. um, and at first, I was pretty intimidated because I was a pretty shy kid and seeing like all these kids stand in line and like follow the instructor and uh, do their thing kind of made me shy and intimidated but mm -hmm. I remember so clearly uh, there was a group of girls who kind of came to me they saw that I was a little scared on the side and they pulled my hand and they were like you know it's okay um, like come join us it'll be fine and uh, we were actually really close friends all the way up until college when we kind of went to separate colleges and lost track uh, there but yeah, I Amazing. ended up falling in love with the community and also just the dance and I started at age six and just continued on for yeah. many years after that. Yeah. Yes, yes. And you were actually on what season four of Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I was nine wow. years old, season four of Dancing with the Stars. That was how did you so, land so that? How did you land that gig? Yeah. So um when early days of Dancing with the Stars, they had two nights. They had their main dance pro contest thing on Mondays and then on Tuesdays they had their results show and they would always look for fun like showcases to present during their results days on Tuesday nights 
Um, and I remember early on in the Dancing with the Stars program, they used to feature kids all the time. They had like a whole competition for kids at one point. Um, mm. But for me in particular, they were looking to do a little highlight of champion kids, they called it. So there was uh, three different age groups. We represented um, like preteen, so we were age nine. Uh, there was a couple that was like age 12 and a couple age 16. Um, and so we sort of shared the stage and did a little performance to showcase champion kids. And it was super fun. Wow. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was were a great memory. Were you nervous <laughs> being on national television at age nine? Oh, yeah. I was so nervous <laughs> that I remember we had like a rehearsal. I thought I understood everything. And then the show itself is actually live. Mm. So you only have one shot. You can't retake. And so the hosts were standing there and there was a cue for them to start speaking to introduce us. But I thought that cue was for us to start dancing. So <laughs> I started <laughs> way before we were supposed to. Um, um, mm -hmm. And luckily that was not caught on camera because the camera was on the hosts. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, wait. Okay. So then we went back to the holding position. <laughs> and did it. Um, but yes, I was nervous. So nervous wow. that I started way before we were supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> and you were also on the Maury show, right? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, age nine was just a big year for me. I was also, <laughs> I think, nine years old at the time. Only um, three years into your ballroom career. That's true. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a similar thing. They had a feature for kids that were dancing, and it was like a mini uh, televised contest. So mm -hmm. there were kids representing many different dance styles. I remember there was like a b-boy artist. There were there were other contemporary dancers, ballet, other dance styles represented, and we were the only couple representing Latin ballroom. And that was fun. That was my first time in New York City. I remember it was mm -hmm. around December, uh, so Christmas in New York. It's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So cool. So cool. Okay, so you continue onward basically mm -hmm. until um, like what age did you quote unquote retire from competitive Latin? Yeah, um, how old was I? Maybe I think I was 22. So technically I paused my competitive career in February of 2020. It was right before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Um. If you were to talk to me back then, I would never have guessed that it would have been so like as long of a pause as it has been. It was just mm -hmm. sort of a sequence of events that unfolded and now we're here. And um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the future holds, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it was a complete retirement. It was just mm. a much needed pause from, mm -hmm. from the scene. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. We're all caught up then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So now tell me about what kind of dancing you are doing now, because you're still yeah. dancing yes. in a different style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I can give a little bit of context here. Um, it's a long story. So I'm going to try to see where I can start. Mm -hmm. um, so currently, um, I am mostly involved in a dance style called the Lindy Hop. Um, there are a few different dance styles within the swing umbrella, but I focus primarily on Lindy Hop and I've sort of ventured out into two other forms, Balboa and solo jazz as well. 
Um, I was first introduced to Lindy Hop. Uh, technically, I want to say it was early 2017. I met my now husband in a class called Intro to Jazz Dance at NYU. Um, it was an elective that I was taking for a fun class. I had some extra credits I needed to fill, and I heard it was a good one to take. So um, I registered for the class, and there were only like three guys out of total like 30 people and he was one of them and he had registered for the class thinking that intro to jazz dance was going to be Lindy Hop Mm. and it was not it was like plies, chenets, more Mm -hmm. of that type of modern stage jazz today. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had met in that class and started to talk. He had seen me do some ballroom dancing so uh, when we started to get to know each other, one of our first dates was actually to a ballroom swing social dance. Um, but to be honest, at that point, I was not really interested in Lindy Hop or swing. I was just interested in getting to know him better. So mm-hmm. I didn't really like truly study or get into swing dancing then. So fast forward about a year and a half later, this is now September of 2018. Um, I'm in Los Angeles Labor Day weekend for Embassy Ball, and he's in Los Angeles for a big swing dance contest called Camp Hollywood. Um, And I remember I had a Sunday evening free, so he was like, hey, you should come to Camp Hollywood. You'll love it, I promise. Just come for one evening. It'll be fun. Um, No prep necessary. Just come Mm open-minded. Like, okay, why not? So um, this was LAX Marriott. Um, I remember walking in, similar environment because it's also a hotel. There's also a ballroom. There's a stage for like a band. Um, People are dancing. And I remember that evening, there was a contest called the Open Strictly Lindy. And this was the first Lindy Hop contest that I got to see live. Um, So, Usually for these types of contests, people sit on the floor, they kind of gather in a semicircle, they all kind of huddle together. Um, Usually people in the front sit down so people in the back can see. um, And we're all sitting there in anticipation. Mm -hmm. And I remember the top finalists, I want to say there were maybe eight couples represented then, uh, were standing in line. And the thing about Lindy Hop that's different than ballroom is you dance to a live band mm-hmm. when you compete in finals almost every single time if a band is hired, which a majority of the time they are. So you never know what song is going to come on. You don't really know what speed it's going to be. And I remember when the band started playing, it was such a fast, like hype song. I'm pretty sure it was the same song Hell's a Poppin' as like, you know, the really famous clip. Um, and so when everyone heard the speed of the song, we were like, oh my God, like, no way. How are these dancers going to like dance to the speed of this music? Not only did they dance, like they were all throwing down so hard. Everyone was just screaming and like cheering every single couple that would go um, on the floor and take the stage. There is a thing called spotlights um, in, in, a Lindy Hop, in a Lindy Hop format contest where each finalist goes in the center and has like a solo moment for like a short period of time. So it's not everyone dancing at the same time. They have like spotlights Mm -hmm. for each Mm -hmm. couple. That's when you can really showcase, you know, what you've prepped. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I just remember seeing like 
how amazing these dancers were and the energy in the room was unlike anything I've ever experienced before from Mm -hmm. the live band for the dancers to the cheering I was like wow this is super cool wow and then after the contest everyone got up and every single person in the room was dancing with each other they were meeting people like you um yeah you just get to meet random people there and you're like hey like what's your name do you want to dance and you share a beautiful moment just a few minutes of uh, nonverbal communication with another person to live music and it was so incredible so mm. after that moment I was like okay I want to learn that and mm-hmm. um, I came back to New York and registered for like beginner Lindy Hop classes the following mm-hmm. week <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah. that's incredible okay so I just have a clarifying question so okay. With ballroom, you have your set partner, right? Your competitive mm-hmm. partner who you yeah. train exclusively with. You have your set routines mm-hmm. that you just drill over and over again. Yes. In Lindy Hop, do you also have a similar concept mm-hmm. of having the same partner that you train with consistently and then having your preset routines? Or is that mm-hmm. how it works? Um, Not necessarily, no. That's not the general, like approach or culture of this dance um some people do have partners that they travel a lot with um or they could teach with or they enter contests with um but generally you can grab anyone that you like to dance with Mm. um and you can come up with a little choreo if you want although choreography is not actually something that's generally um like looked for or judged a lot of the judging portion is focused on like partnership and like communication between partners um so like a choreography is not necessarily like a prerequisite for Mm -hmm. entering a contest so there are two types of main contests in the swing dance world there are strictlys which means you enter with a partner of your choice you can just come in and enter with a partner or a mix and match where you basically just rep- represent yourself and the role that you will be um, entering in. So you can enter as a lead or a follow and mix and matches. Generally, um, you can come in. There's zero prep you can do ahead of time. Sometimes this contest is called the luck of the draw because it really is like you just stand there. You get matched with random leads or random follows and then you basically see how you can interact how magical of a performance or a dance you can have um and then that's basically judged in that way so there isn't that much emphasis on um like choreography or really drilling choreography ahead of time unless when you enter a strictly contest with your partner you want to showcase some sort of a skill or something that you're really working on Mm -hmm. Um, you can prep that ahead of time but got it a little different in that way (laughs) yeah no I'm familiar a little bit with uh west coast swing and they have Mm -hmm. a similar thing with mix and match I think they call it Jack and Jill um, yeah, Lindy right? Hop strays away from Jack and Jill just because that's mm. a little bit more of a gendered term. Um, mm-hmm. Mix and match and like Luck of the Draw is just a little bit more um, gender neutral. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah. So very fascinating. You pivot from ballroom to Lindy Hop. Um, okay. So what is, we already identified some key differences between the two styles. Mm-hmm. Um But on a philosophical level, Mm -hmm. let's talk about that. So 
um i know we when i was in new york and i was you know visiting you um we were talking briefly about this and the mm-hmm. culture of of lindy hop how it is very deeply rooted in the history of the dance mm-hmm. and they try very hard to encapsulate the authenticity of the history of the dance um and keep that integrity right um mm-hmm. attributing the roots of the dance to its proper um origins right yeah and then let's talk about in ballroom is that also the case or what are some differences there yeah that's a a really great question um in my experience which is just my experience alone so you know i i don't know anyone else's um i was really seriously involved in studying international Latin dancing for over 16 years straight. And in that time frame, there really wasn't that much emphasis on the study of the true history of each of these dances. We spent a lot of time studying technique books. You know, every single dance has their own technique book. You have the Walter Laird technique book. And most of my time was actually spent studying like the physical movement as these dances are today, as they're codified in these books. Um, But not as much time is really spent looking into like, where do these social dances actually come from? Because, you know, we know that cha-cha and rumba come from Cuba and we know that samba comes from Brazil, but these dances don't really look like right now in the international Latin style, like competitively, what they looked like socially from these places that they're from. Yeah. Um, And when I first started studying Lindy Hop and I started learning about where Jive comes from, I always knew that Jive came from America and that, you know, there was some sort of like lineage from rock and roll and West Coast swing. Um, but that's basically where my knowledge stopped when it came to the history of Jive. And when I started learning Lindy Hop, I was really shocked about how much I didn't know um, about the history of swing dancing. And in the sphere of competitive ballroom dancing, there's actually two styles that have a swing type dance. There is Jive in international Latin, and then there's swing in American rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, Both of these dances in the ballroom circuit, um, they are like basically taught as these six count type moves. So you have your rock step, triple step, triple step. And that's basically like your history or like your base of of these swing dances. Mm -hmm. Um, Lindy Hop, or at least learning about Lindy Hop, learning about like, how swing dance was originally formed and has evolved really just opened my eye to how much more is possible in these dances. So that's, there's like an opportunity there. I think that's really missing from the current, like um, what's it called? Uh, Participation in Mm -hmm. like the ballroom world. Yes. Uh, But to go even deeper, just because I'm most familiar with the history of Lindy Hop and swing dancing. Um, 
Lindy Hop is an African-American folk dance. Um, it came out in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s um, as big band swing was becoming really popular. So everything that we do is really like what the music tells us to do, right? Like we dance to whatever music is playing. Um, so when big band swing first sort of originated um, and evolved, um, it started in New York, in Harlem. Mm. Um, and particularly I wanted to bring attention to an iconic place called the Savoy Ballroom, um, which does not exist anymore, unfortunately but was a really special place where um, it was one of the first ballrooms that integrated uh, black and white dancers mm -hmm. to come together at the time. So that was revolutionary. Um, and big bands would come and play and people would come and have parties. And Harlem was really known as the place for like swing and the Harlem Renaissance as it evolved. So um, yeah, it spread throughout the US and throughout the world. Um, and it still exists today, which is amazing. The current Lindy Hop world is so, so fun. Um, mm -hmm. It's global, it's it's all it's all over the world. Um, and yeah, there's so much I can talk about it, but knowing or, or really doing this work throughout the pandemic, I've spent those years in lockdown trying to study mm -hmm. as much as I could about like the history and lineage. And there's so much more work that I, I could I could do <laughs> um, but it really opened my eyes to how much I didn't know about these dances that I was representing yeah. right well thank you for all of that uh, I don't know anything about Lindy Hop that was very informative um, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I noticed that so you started competing in Lindy Hop when um well I guess officially mm. It's so hard to say because there were some fun contests at some like local socials. Like there was a yearly, I think my first ever contest was like December of 2018. There was an end of the year party with, oh, I remember this so clearly. It was the first time I heard A.L. Vilner swing band. Um, he's my ultimate favorite band leader. Such an incredible, incredible uh, band leader, amazing work. And so um, I entered one of those contests. You can just come in and uh, you don't have to do much prep. And so that was really fun. I was so nervous because, you know, at that point, I didn't really know what I was doing, but it was it was really fun. So I'd say December 2018, but that was like a small, small yeah. little local. Well, that's <laughs> cool. I mean, we all have to start somewhere. And I'm yeah. sure, would you say your ballroom background actually helped you in some ways with Lindy Hall? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think with my ballroom background, I'm able to like embody things quicker. Um, I myself am a visual learner. I know people learn in different ways, but I really love to watch and then try to copy. Um, and it takes me a while to try to understand really how to embody it. But a hundred percent, like I feel like my, I'm able to um, one partner partner dance a little bit like better than if I had no partner dance skills yeah, yeah um so there's there's that aspect of it um and of course I am somewhat familiar with like some of the music I've always loved jazz music so 
that mm-hmm. wasn't like new and the idea of a rock step and triple step I was already familiar with as well yes yes yeah. yes <laughs> yeah. cool cool um and I saw that you competed internationally recently right in in mm-hmm. the Czech Republic yeah 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 that's so cool <laughs> thank you yeah quite a few international events this year um in Asia as well we mm. did an event in Korea and in Shanghai um in wow. Prague and in France I think those were our main international events it really is a global dance <laughs> yeah that is yeah. so cool wow my favorite thing about it is that it brings people together um yeah people travel all over the world just to participate and meet other dancers and like exchange um dance styles it's it's really really fun and super friendly community I really like it I can't help but compare it and or contrast it with ballroom which also is international and global right like there's ballroom competitions and dancers all over the world Mm -hmm. but I feel like the world of dance sport is a lot smaller than Lindy Hop would you say like at that Mm. competitive level I don't know that's a good question I Mm. just feel like with ballroom yeah and I don't want to offend any ballroom dancers out there okay Mm -hmm. um I think there is a degree of elitism in this yeah. world because it costs a lot of money yeah. um, and a lot of resources to to advance in this sport, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas I don't know about Lindy Hop, but would you say there's more inclusivity in that way? A hundred percent, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yes. Um, there is a way higher higher barrier to entry, I think, in in ballroom. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to pay for group classes and privates at the minimum. And then if you want to enter any contests, you have to pay for, you know, your costumes and your shoes and, you know, tanning products and your your hair and makeup, all the things. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. And when yeah. you have um there isn't that sort of wall that exists there. It's very open. It's very friendly. Anyone who wants to learn, there there are places to learn. Um, almost every like social dance that I've seen advertised usually has some sort of a free beginner lesson for people to just get their foot in the door, see what it's like. Um, and generally, like you don't have to take private lessons or like do any of those things but mm-hmm. I, I also want to emphasize that the values of the community are slightly different mm. the main thing about this stance it's not about competition it really is about like the social aspect of it even from the way that this form like this art form was developed like there were dancers at the Savoy Ballroom who came and they were just rocking out to big band music. They were just, you know, it was the the popular music of their time, just yeah. as like pop and hip hop is for us today. Lindy Hop, big band jazz was for them back then. 
and people would come in and they're like ah what you're doing is super cool like they come in like well, look what I can do or it's like oh that's so cool teach me how you did that and that's mm -hmm. kind of how like the dance evolved and people came up with moves mm -hmm. um it is quote-unquote a street dance style I'll put that in quotes because I will not use that term lightly mm -hmm. um and so that value is still is still there today like people come to not necessarily win a medal like they don't enter the contests to get any sort of prestige in this way like yeah of course a lot of people if they do enter a contest they want to be in the finals and they do want to win and show what they got and but that's more intrinsically motivated that's not something that's like oh I only compete because like I need to be in the finals to I don't know prove something um, yeah prove something exactly mm -hmm. exactly um contests are a really small part of the actual like events that you go to mm -hmm. usually if you travel to an event there are like three main portions to it there are classes then there's the social dance itself and then there are contests mm -hmm. and so at the minimum like if you choose a party pass and you don't want to do the classes you like do the social dance part of it and the contests if you choose to do the mm -hmm. contests but mm -hmm. I'd say the main driver for people to participate is the social dancing and not necessarily uh, um yeah so barrier to entry is is a lot lower it's much more of a party scene mm -hmm. um but yeah it still has really really cool dance elements and yeah. contests that you can be a part of still that's amazing yeah I can't help but draw parallels to Lindy Hop and Salsa Bachata, which are also social mm -hmm. dances. And that's yeah. something I got into um, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, way less barrier to entry. You have people of all different uh, levels and um, ages tr trying it, you know, and they're going to the beginner classes and then they're doing the social after. Mm -hmm. And yes, there is a competitive sphere if you choose yeah. to compete, but yeah. that's not like the main thing. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's that term social dancing. It mm -hmm. really is that, you know, mm -hmm. it's like people gathering from all parts of the world, so much diversity. Yeah. Right. And yeah just dancing with each other and sharing in these moments um, at, without like having a preset, you know, routine per se, or mm -hmm. a competitive partner that they train exclusively with. Yeah. Right. And I think that's really cool to dance with different partners, actually. Yeah. The whole idea of improvisation was so scary for me at first, mm. because coming from a background where you drill your choreography as much as possible, it is such muscle memory by the time you go and showcase it and perform it. Mm -hmm. So the idea of doing any sort of a performance or even just a social dance fully improvised terrified me mm, so that yeah. took so long to get over and I still sometimes if I'm like not confident in whatever way or like just not having a good day or not feeling it like I still feel the jitters of like oh my gosh like improv is scary mm -hmm. um but it's so cool like being able yeah. to have a true like non-verbal communication it's um is the word ephem ephemeral like ephemeral. It, yeah mm -hmm. it um it's like very in the moment. It's, it's in the moment. very in the yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah. And that is something that I really love so much. 
That's about amazing. It. Yeah. Would you say in ballroom there's any room for improv? I think like mostly mm-hmm. it's your own choreo, but yeah. you know, sometimes they play different music, different tempos, slightly. I mean, what a little bit. A little I'd bit. Say yeah. the, <laughs> the formula, I guess, for improv in ballroom is you can do a little bit in the beginning, like where the song is first introing. So mm-hmm. like when you take your um your place on the floor. Um, you have sometimes what four eights or however long the intro is to the song to have a little flair but then when you see that the choreography is about to start you like switch on and start your choreography mm. sometimes if there's a crowded floor and like you know your partner has to break and do something else you have to then also be aware and be on to like be able to follow like okay choreo is broken we're doing a different thing and then when do we go back to choreo That's- yeah another part of it yeah <laughs> um and maybe sometimes at the very end of the dance when like you know you're doing your bows you can kind of do a little a little something something and play around there there's just more room mm-hmm. in those areas but generally like when it's time for you to do your choreography not much That's room it. to improv there <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 that's interesting to me um because I I think I had a dance teacher once he told me music is the boss right music is the boss dance is a physicalization of music right um yes but that strikes me as a little bit because in ballroom right the way it works is you have your routines like Mm -hmm. cha-cha samba rumba Mm jive paso this is international latin five dances And then um, you have like your typical cha-cha song, like the beat, the rhythm, it fits cha-cha, like four counts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But you don't know necessarily what song exactly they're going to play. I mean, I'm sure if you've been dancing for a while, you know, like the main ones, the classic ones. Um, But um, I think each song has a little bit different flavor, even though it it's still cha-cha, right? It still has the same rhythm and beat. Um, But so if he's saying music is the boss, but then you have your own choreography that you're drilling over and over again, like where's the room for interpretation of those slight nuances in the different songs? Like that strikes me as a little bit contradictory. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, Yeah, I agree. There absolutely is a contradiction there. I don't think you can ever fully, fully represent like all the different music with one choreography. Yeah, yeah. um, You can add a flavor in other ways, whether that's with some arm styling or like upper body language. Like if your footwork or your general choreography is something, there's still ways of like adding some flair to a dance and making it different every single time even if the choreography is the same Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think well good choreography is important so for example like you can structure your choreo to be really musical like if you know some basic like musical understanding of the cha-cha or in the in the jive for example like I'm taking this from from Lindy Hop and Swing, but there's usually like if it's not a blues structured song, if it's um, just like a more common swing song, then there's usually like four eights 
in a phrase. So you know that you have like three eighths of something and then the fourth eight is usually like your statement. Mm -hmm. So if you choreograph where you're like, okay, like I know generally that the music will probably have like a little like period Mm -hmm. (laughs) here, then you can structure your choreography somewhat accordingly. But it might not always happen because songs Mm -hmm. are different. So it's it's a hit or miss. There are ways that I think you can still like add the flavor of the song to your dancing, but Mm -hmm. a choreography will not always fit every single song. So it's it's a paradox. (laughs) It is a paradox. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas in Lindy Hop, because it's it's not like a set choreo, right? You really Mm -hmm. can listen to the music and really interpret it in a way that's more creative, more Mm -hmm. in the moment, as opposed to sticking to one thing every single time. Um, That's really cool. That's amazing. So, yeah. And you danced (laughs) um, in your wedding with -hmm. your husband, Michael. You guys did a Lindy Hop. We did. Yeah, that was so stressful, actually, just because like, Michael, I think, is team, we'll just figure it out. Like, it'll be fine with improv. And I'm team, like, no way. I need a little bit of a structure just so that I don't have to panic if, for mm-hmm. example, I forget how to follow all of a sudden. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> um, So I remember, like, a week before the wedding, there's also so many things going on at the same time. We're just like, okay, let's choose a song. We changed the song, like, 10 separate times um (laughs) and then we're like okay what can we do we started thinking of like you know how to not make it super complicated but maybe add a flashy lift and Mm -hmm. like do all these things and um Michael told me that his night before the wedding was so stressful because he was just lying in bed going over the choreo in his head (laughs) before like literally just playing the choreography over and over again as he was falling asleep whereas I (laughs) Had not actually finished writing my vows so I was writing my vows until like four in the morning so we oh had two God. very different nights before the wedding of like stressing about different things but, wow um, <laughs> yes we did do a lindy hop dance <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah lindy hop was a pretty big part of our wedding we really wanted to hire a band for a portion of it and we did a little like class for our guests mm-hmm. so that they could feel comfortable to just social dance Wow. Um, yeah so that's that so was special really <laughs> yeah. wow and you compete with Michael too right sometimes yeah um we do so uh oftentimes when we enter strictly con- contests we enter together mm-hmm. yeah nice nice <laughs> yeah. yeah so what does I guess um is there such a thing as like a training schedule for Lindy Hop? There's like socials, right? Classes you can go to. You said privates weren't like a super big thing, but I'm sure. You can, of course you can. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you're interested in like different dancer styles in particular, then absolutely there are people who take classes from different people. And of course, there's also like a group of people who if they compete a lot and they see certain people judging, like they will go to those judges and be like, hey, I was just interested, like why you place this or like what you think about my dancing just mm. to get feedback on how I can personally improve. So, oh, yes, wow. Um, that doesn't happen in ballroom, does it? Um, not. 
I don't not in the same way okay I think to some degree some people maybe but not in the same way I think there's a little bit more of a po- political game in yeah. the yeah. ballroom world <laughs> yeah yeah so training um training is what you make it for yourself mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. much what you want to get out of it like where you are in your personal journey um yeah like for example um Michael right now is really into Balboa we started this new Mm. swing dance style earlier this year called Balboa um super fun very different technically in Lindy Hop you have a lot of open positioning um in Balboa in pure Balboa specifically the connection's actually really close so if you think like standard ballroom holds but like drop elbows and you're basically in a hug Mm. the whole time um which is really cool because one you can't see anything you have to feel everything Mm. and two the music in Balboa generally you dance to much faster music than Lindy Hop generally is Mm -hmm. um so anyways all that to say Michael's been loving Balboa so he's been wanting to practice Balboa every single day like every day he watches a video just like wait this is so cool let's try it like (laughs) yeah so um yeah we've been doing a lot of that so training is really what you make of it I'd say Mm -hmm. training usually ups or becomes higher if you're prepping for like a big event so for example Camp Hollywood is one of the biggest events of the year in the United States um and we did do that it was Labor Day weekend of this year. So we're like, okay, if we do enter, like there's two types of training you could do. You can either do stamina training where you dance to like fast music so you don't get out of breath. You can do that. Or if you do want to do like a little choreography or some little like mm, routinelets, we call them. So you could do like four eights, eight eights, or like a chorus of choreography, which is 32 eights. Um, you could sit down and be like okay like let's do a little structure of a routine that we can throw in there if we want to just showcase something Mm -hmm. um yeah so it just depends if you're really prepping for a big event um or really into something Um, Mm -hmm. one big part of the culture that I've noticed that's also slightly different than ballroom um there are a lot more uh like practice sessions where people just come together and just like small groups of eight to 10 people and they just work on things that they're interested in and they share ideas. They're like, oh, like I learned this from this class. Like I'd love to try it with different follows. I'd love to try it with different leads and just sort of workshop this one idea. Mm. Um, so that's another common like way of practicing. Um, yeah, Very cool. that you can be involved in. Very cool. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are some events that are coming up for you? Contests, performances? Yeah. Um, so there are two that I can think of right now. In um, mid-November, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, Michael and I are coming back to NYU and we're doing a Balboa demonstration and a mini taster class to um, the NYU Swing Club. Wow. Uh, which I'm really excited about. That's so so cool. yeah, we'll we'll be coming back uh, for alma mater. So yes. that's nice. And then at the end of the year, we're going to Sweden 
for an event called the Snowball. Uh, it's a really fun celebration, uh, ringing in the new year mm-hmm. with, um, I believe there are three separate rooms with big bands for like four or five nights in a row of just straight partying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there are contests there as well. Um, I've never been before, but I've heard great things about it and lots of our friends are going. So I'm really excited about that too. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Just hearing you talk about Lindy Hop makes me intrigued to check yeah. out this oh my really cool, amazing Everyone style. Everyone should do it. Everyone should do it. Yeah. It's super fun. Um, yeah, and it's I love very that- inclusive. Yeah, inclusive. Right. Exactly what I was going to say is that um, like with ballroom, right, if you want to be at like a super high level competitively, um, it's kind of like you have to start from childhood. Generally, like I'm sure there's exceptions, right, of people who achieved like top of the pecking order ballroom legends Mm -hmm. who started later. But um, that's far and few between. I think a lot of Mm -hmm. the competitive uh, dancers, they start early on like you started age six right yeah um but then lindy hop and other social dances like salsa bachata like Mm -hmm. anyone at any age can do it absolutely literally yeah um i love that about it yeah Yeah. it's a true celebration of of the dance and i love that a lot um you know if if i do come back to ballroom Mm -hmm. um i would definitely approach it from a different place um and I I I would I would love to come back to ballroom I just Mm -hmm. I need to stand for different values this time around um one I would really love to just focus on and study the history of the dances that I'd be involved in um and I'd be an advocate for inclusivity and diversity in any way that I can be um yeah in in that field that's my goal I think it's possible um I'm really passionate about this because you know it's been my life for so 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 many years it's really like what identifies me and makes me who I am and yeah um I don't think my story is quite over I just need to figure out how to like come back uh from a different perspective yeah yeah I love that you stand for these newfound values that uh, you you discovered in Lindy Hop and um, just being an advocate for that, you know, being an advocate for things like um, authenticity of yeah. respecting the origins of the dances, um, mm-hmm. inclusivity, like being a spokesperson for, for that in ballroom. I think mm-hmm. that's a really noble thing, you know, to Thank do. You. And um, I would love to see you do that. I would love to see you back in ballroom too. You're so talented. Like you were the mm-hmm. national champion, um, mm-hmm. right? At one point you were national was, champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I love watching you dance period. Like whether it's ballroom or Lindy hop, like you're just such a great mover, Natasha. You're so talented mm-hmm. and so. I'm sure you work very hard. Um, so, so sweet. Thank yes. You. Yes, of yeah. course. So whatever you decide <laughs> yeah. to do, just, you know, this already don't stop dancing, right? It's your passion. It's your identity. Like, just yeah. keep going. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I love it a lot. Dance is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone should do it. Too. Everyone should do it. <laughs> everyone should do it. Yeah. What do you love most about dance as a whole? Mm. 
Um, okay, I think I have a two-part answer to that. Mm -hmm. Um, one, I just love music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, there's something about just even, like, putting on headphones, blasting whatever song, getting into whatever zone it puts you into that, like, I don't get from any anything else in my life. Music can tell a story. Music can make you feel emotions. It makes you feel alive. Mm -hmm. And it's really what drives me to, to dance and to move. So without music, I, I would not be a dancer. Yeah. Um, and then two, just very specifically, I really love partner dancing. So I love sharing dance with another human. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just another thing that sort of drives me to keep keep doing it um, yeah. to constantly have these magical nonverbal dialogues with different people yeah. um, around the world so yeah <laughs> those two things is that's amazing there really <laughs> is nothing else I mean I was gonna say there's nothing else like it like partner dancing but then yeah. recently I started martial arts and I started jujitsu and muay thai mm -hmm. and I actually see some similarities between partner dancing and these combat mm -hmm. sports which is like yeah. At first glance, it's like, what? They're total opposites. But in jujitsu, like you're rolling or sparring with another person, you are reacting in real time to what they're doing with their mm -hmm. bodies and you're yeah. responding accordingly and you have to think really fast. Um, and then same with Muay Thai when you're when you're fighting. So oh, I'm like, oh, my yeah. gosh, you know, but then there's the musical component. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's unique mm -hmm. to dance. I think dance music movement they're all related right mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah. that's so cool martial arts maybe <laughs> one day I'd love to to learn more because it's such a good skill to have a good skill but that's yes. incredible yeah. yeah I have a lot of bruises on my legs right now <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I can't I can't imagine <laughs> yeah do are there any painful. what are it is painful but I mean <laughs> Are there any common injuries in Lindy Hop? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so in Lindy Hop, there is um, sort of a subsection of Lindy Hop where uh, you can introduce something called aerials or air steps, as they're mm -hmm. called. Air steps were first sort of seen um, in... The Whitey's Lindy Hoppers by Frankie Manning. Frankie Manning uh, is the inventor of the first ever air step. What that means is in the middle of dancing, you could be like, you know, dancing, do, 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 do. And all of a sudden you throw a move where you basically have a flyer who flies in the air and either does a backflip or a front flip or a slide or whatever. And then wow. they land and continue dancing. So it's a part of the, it's a part of the dance. It's not like a separate thing at all. Wow. Um, so they're called air steps. air steps and there are many different kinds of like the basic air steps are the ones that have evolved or been more commonly seen but there's also like air steps that can basically evolve into anything like you can play around and do a lot of different things it's similar to almost like acrobatics in a way it could mm -hmm. be mm -hmm. but so true story um, I was really interested in learning some air steps and I want to say this was 2019 I was practicing one called the Knickerbocker which is a step where the flyer basically preps and then does a backflip 
Um, and when I landed the backflip, I landed fine, but something in the way that I landed, maybe the impact was a little too hard on my left Achilles or ankle area. And I've had a pain in that area basically ever since oh my <laughs> I practiced gosh. that move. Um, wow. So yeah, it was pretty intense for the first few weeks after that. Um, and then slowly it like mellowed down. But now to this day, I still feel like a little bit of uh, tension and mm -hmm. just a tiny bit of a dull pain sometimes. Oh my gosh. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, unfortunately wow. injuries are common, especially mm -hmm. if you're training air steps or aerials um, just because they're a little more dangerous. Yeah. But um. Whereas yeah. in ballroom, we don't have any lifts. No lifts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was a completely new concept for me. Yeah. I, I'm still like pretty scared of the idea of like flying or like going high in the air. I'm, like, yeah. Mm, scary. <laughs> Maybe one day I, I do air steps where I don't have to land on my feet. Maybe if I get caught. Yeah. I do that, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll keep you updated. Yeah. With how that goes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to add, Natasha, before we conclude? Hmm. I think. <laughs> oh, I have a question. Yeah. What would you say to your younger self who is still competing in ballroom now that you have this new perspective? Uh, which which younger self? Like, how young are we talking? <laughs> oh, I mean, let's say when you were in the heart of your competitive career. Okay. Let you know. I mm. I don't know what age that was, but. Aww. Fourteen, fifteen, maybe. Mm. Or maybe when you decided to move to New York, that age. Yeah, I think I would tell myself to um, just be nicer to myself. This is mm -hmm. also relevant to today too. But I think I I was just so 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 incredibly hard on myself, as as you tend to be when you're involved in a really um, intense sport. Um, Oftentimes you feel like you're just fighting for your life like all day, every day. Um, and that's exhausting, especially mm -hmm. for someone who's so young. Yeah. Um, so I would just tell myself that like, you are enough, like you are okay. Just be kind to yourself um, and to not forget to have some moments of like reflection and self-care Mm -hmm. um, just so that you can align with your values every single day that you do show up to yes what you're doing so love yeah. that amazing yeah. Natasha <laughs> thank you so much for hopping yeah. on the podcast I can't wait to get your story out there thank you so much for having me it's it's so so nice to be able to do a part two to yes to our conversation um I'm really honored that you you chose me for this. So of course. Yeah. I love seeing the evolution <laughs> of like where you were in 2020 to now. Like so much has happened. Yeah. Like you got married, right? Yeah, you discovered Lindy true. Hop. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you're, well, you're 26 now, right? Yes. Okay. No, I'm 25, oh. but oh. I will be turning 26 soon. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, we have to catch up next time I'm in New York or you're in California. We got to catch up again. Yes, I'd love I feel like that. your life that is always great. evolving. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do another one of these, I guess, in three years. To in keep three the years. So we'll do like a three-year yeah. check-in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
All right. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Athlete Voices podcast. We have new episodes coming every Tuesday, so stay up to date with that by clicking subscribe. You can follow us on our Instagram at Athlete Voices and check out our website, athletevoices.net, where we post feature articles about the guests on this podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys next week.